Welcome to Everyday Motherhood, the podcast that inspires you to pause, connect, and play every single day with your kids. The podcast that helps you anchor your days in self-care so you can be the best version of yourself and have more joy every single day. My name is Christy Thomas, and I am the founder and developer of Play for Life Moms. I am so glad you're here. Welcome to episode 30, where we're going to talk about hypervigilance. Yeah, that doesn't sound so much fun, right? But it's super duper important. Let me backtrack for you. Last month, I had the opportunity and privilege of going to five days of leadership training with my spouse. I am forever grateful that my parents flew down here and took care of our three kids for the week so I could go invest in myself and invest in um, my community around me locally by taking this training. And one of the trainings that we went to was called Emotional Survival. That sounds so touchy-feely, right? And it was. It was touchy-feely. And um, my spouse and I both walked away, my husband and I both walked away with some really good ideas and good conversation. So I want to present this idea to you of emotional survival for the next four weeks. I'm gonna add my own resources and share with you key parts of this training that I took. Because as caregivers, we also get stuck into hypervigilance. So hypervigilance is an enhanced state of sensory sensitivity accompanied by an exaggerated intensity of behaviors whose purpose is to detect activity. So to detect threats, basically. You'll hear about hypervigilance a lot when people are talking about anxiety and PTSD, especially PTSD in those coming home from dangerous places like war zones. It's also important to know that as a parent, you can get stuck in a hyper-vigilant mode when your spouse travels a lot or you've gone through some sort of medical trauma and you're just observing and waiting for the next thing to happen. But the thing is with hyper-vigilance is that it's a wave that you have these super hypervigilant moments and your body can only sustain that for short bits and then you go down and um, right I'm drawing a wave that's not really helpful but the higher you go the deeper you fall and the more you have to recover and the less time you spend in that medium time that most people spend their time in their normal band, you're in a hypervigilant mode are way above the normal, and then your recovery period is way below the normal. 
And this is when people feel burnt out, completely tapped out. Not the, I have too much to do, I can't manage it, but like, I need to go sit and not interact with the world anymore, sort of burnt out. Hypervigilance, when you're in that mode, you're alert, you're alive, you're full of humor, you're super talkative. You are scanning your environment and wide awake. But when you're in that low, the ways to identify that would be being super tired, detached, wanting to isolate yourself, and feeling angry over normal things. Because hypervigilance is your brain on overdrive. This episode is just to bring about the idea of what hypervigilance is. During the next weeks in June, we're going to talk about how to recover and why it's important to spend time building an emotional survival toolkit, especially as a parent, right? Because every child deserves a parent who can parent themselves. Every child deserves a parent that knows how to take care of yourself so you can be a good leader because kids need you to lead and they need you to love them. And there's a lot of pressure out there to do it all and be it all and take your kids to a million sport lessons, sport practices and music lessons and get them into Harvard and Yale by the time they're seven. But really, what our kids need, if all you can do every single day is to give your kid a hug and a kiss and communicate with the fact that you love them, you're doing a successful job of parenting. But it's easy to lose that that's all that really matters when you're busy being aware of everything. I know that I've totally been stuck different um, seasons of hypervigilance. It totally happens when my husband's gone traveling, right? And I am the only caregiver present. There is nothing more exhausting than knowing that you are in charge of, say, two kids under the age of three or, or more and knowing that literally you have to keep them alive because they are not aware of their own mortality. It only takes a second, right? That's that's what we're told. It only takes a second for a kid to get hurt. So it's easy to get stuck in those patterns. And hypervigilance to me sounds a lot like how some parents are trying to do lawnmower or helicopter parenting, right? It's removing some of those problems for your kids that we need them to solve on their own so they can become mature, responsible adults. We do need our kids to develop problem solving and grit and coping skills and being okay with mediocre work sometimes just to get the job done. It's okay as a caregiver if you're not always giving over yourself for the needs of others. There's space for you to have to take care of yourself. 
In fact, here are some signs of burnout, and this is where we'll wrap up part one of our four-part series. One sign is the desire for social isolation at home. Are you trying to remove yourself from interacting? Do you have a magic chair that you like to go to or a corner of your bedroom that you just check out and go to and that you don't want anyone to talk to you and you kind of ignore what's going around? Do you have an unwillingness to engage in activity that's not related to um, your area of hypervigilance? So if your hypervigilance area is work, then do you not want to do things that aren't related to work? Or if your hypervigilance is parenting, do you not want to do things that aren't related to your kids? Are you not taking time to invest in your marriage or your friendships because you can only focus on things that relate to the act of parenting? Three, do you have a reduced interaction with um, friends that aren't other parents or aren't other work friends? Four, do you procrastinate on decision-making? When you're in this down beat, right? After you've been hypervigilant and this is your recover period and you're down low, is it hard to make basic decisions? Five, um, are you having non-involvement with family activities? So this one, this idea of burnout and the non-involvement in family activities this is hard to differentiate if your burnout is a caregiver burnout because maybe it's being in the room but not actively involved. And number six, a sign of burnout is that you are used to saying the phrase, I used to. I used to do that or I used to. That you've dropped the things that would bring you joy in your life the things that you formerly took pride in doing for fun and relaxation. So this is a big topic, right? And that's why we're breaking it down into four weeks. And if you want to continue the conversation, I encourage you to find me on Instagram or join my newly formed Patreon community, patreon.com backslash Christy. C-H-R-I-S-T-Y Thomas T-H-O-M-A-S and you can join and there's varying levels so I can help support you and continue this conversation. Your self-care activity for the day is to consider tracking your moods. So you can be aware of where you're falling Maybe you're in a really great spot in terms of a family and your life and your schedule and your work balance. And so you're not in a season of hypervigilance. But maybe you are, and maybe just tracking your moods at a certain set time every single day would help you become more aware. So that's the self-care challenge for this podcast episode is to download a mood log or set an alarm on your phone and use your notes app 
and write down at 4.30 p.m. every day, this is how I'm feeling. Awareness can lead to change. Your play idea is inspired by June 7th, which is National Donut Day. National Donut Day is always the first Friday of June. And if you can't celebrate National Donut Day because it's after June 7th, then I suggest for your play idea that you look up other silly holidays. I have some for you that I've Googled. June 10th is Ice Tea Day. June 11th is Corn on the Cob Day. June 12th is Peanut Butter Cookie Day. And June 13th is Weed Your Garden Day. Look up these silly holidays and make a new family tradition so that when your next year's calendar comes around, you have this thing that your family does that makes you you. For example, my family likes to celebrate National Taco Day and we also like to celebrate stuffed animals' birthdays. So when I flipped over to the month of June, I noticed that my son's American girl, bitty baby boy twin, has his birthday at the end of June. And so we will celebrate and we will have fun making a cake for that doll and enjoying another year gone by. Okay, you get to choose. You're responsible. You are an amazing adult. You have choices, and I am just so proud of you for taking the time to listen and considering these big ideas with me. Thank you for sharing this podcast with other people, and I will see you next week to start talking about things we can do to recover from being stuck in a hypervigilant state. Have a great week. Bye.